Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Christmas. Have you been enjoying the Christmas season so far? Though having said that, it is a time of year that is not without some peril, is it? Uh, For example, this morning, let me offer you five lies you may experience at Christmas time. These mainly came from a Christmas card I received. I could relate to them. Maybe you can too. Five lies you may experience at Christmas. Lie number one, any sign saying express lane. (laughs) If you've been anywhere near a supermarket, you'll know that's a lie. Second lie you may experience at Christmas, any present labelled easy to assemble instructions. (laughs) No greater fear is a flat pack under the Christmas tree. (laughs) Lie number three you might hear. Well, okay, but this is definitely my last one. Lie number four, of course we don't mind you staying with us another few days. (laughs) We have some nervous laughs about that one. (laughs) And last but not least, the fifth lie you may hear this Christmas, gee thanks, it's just what I've always wanted. (laughs) Maybe some of you have already heard that this morning. Hope not. Why am I telling you this? Well, this morning I'd like us very briefly to think about the very first lie ever told at Christmas time. We heard it in uh, our middle reading this morning. It was where Herod said to the Magi, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Now, that's a lie. And as we discovered from the rest of the readings, Herod doesn't want to worship Jesus. Herod wants to wipe the kid out. In fact, so badly does he want to do it that Herod ordered the death of every boy two years and under in Bethlehem in the hope that Jesus would somehow be caught up in the net. It's that side to the Christmas story that we never like hearing about although there probably wasn't a lot of children killed. Bethlehem at the time was a small village. But any death is terrible. And anyway, why would you want to do it? What what is Herod so upset about? I mean, around Christmas, some of us might stretch the truth so as to be polite and keep the family peace. But what's behind Herod's lie? What is going on in this guy's head that makes him react so violently? Well, it's because there's one thing about Jesus that Herod does understand, but there's a second thing about Jesus that he doesn't understand. Let's consider each of those two very briefly in turn. And it pretty well turns out to be a very similar confusion to what Ralph had. Because the first thing about Jesus that Herod does understand is that, is that Jesus is a king. And you can tell that had an impact on him because of what led up to him telling this lie to the Magi in the first place. Let me remind you of the reading. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where's the one who's been born King of the Jews? We've seen his star in the east and come to worship him. Well, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. Pretty clear that Herod doesn't like hearing this news about a king of the Jews being born. And that's because at the time of Jesus' birth, that's what they called Herod. 
He was the king of the Jews. He'd been appointed king over them by the Romans. And he was a very cruel and suspicious king. I mean, you think you're insecure, and who isn't? Herod was Mr. Paranoid. He was so paranoid about possible rivals to his throne that he killed his favourite wife. He had a few. He killed his favourite one because he thought she might possibly be a threat to the throne. Imagine what he did to his non-favourite ones. Herod killed three of his own sons. He killed his brother-in-law. He killed his mother-in-law. So desperate was he to cling to power. And suddenly you see, here's some magi on the doorstep asking to see a new king. This is not what the guy wants to hear. He wants to be the one in power. He wants to be the one calling the shots around the place. And now a threat to all of this has come into the world. And you know what? He, you know that saying, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not really after you? Well, just because this guy's paranoid, at this point he's actually absolutely correct. A threat to Herod being the boss has come into the world. No way justifies his behaviour, but the guy is spot on in the sense that someone more important than him has been born. Someone more important than any of us has been born. Someone so important has been born that a star has appeared to announce his arrival. Someone so important has been born that angels are popping up all over the place, uh, telling the, the parents what to name him and where to go to be safe. Someone so important has been born that we actually heard in our reading, they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The baby that Herod's just heard about This is no less than God with us. He's not simply the king of the Jews. He's the king of everyone. The God of all the universe has shown up on earth. It's one of those statements that would be laughable if it wasn't true. Because when this baby had grown into a man... Jesus himself showed, him, showed it to be true in the way that power and authority and wisdom just exuded from him. Jesus would walk up to people in the middle of their working days and he would tell them to drop everything and follow him. And they would. So extraordinary was his presence. Jesus, in fact, would tell people that he was so important that even if they lose their own life, they should follow him. And then so as to prove how important he was, he he would walk around calming storms and healing sicknesses and walking on water and turning water into wine, all to show that he was, in fact, God with us. King of the Jews. King of you. King of us all. But here at the time of his birth, even though Herod probably doesn't fully comprehend all of that, What he at least understands is that a rival king has arrived. Man, and he doesn't like that. So he schemes and he lies and he plots to kill this rival king. But as we heard in our reading, the guy couldn't do it, could he? The guy tries everything to try and kill this kid, but he can't do it. Because even just a moment's reflection ought to tell you, you're not going to win in a power struggle with God with us. He's God with us. And so as we heard 
in our final reading, someone does die by the end of Matthew chapter 2, but it's not Jesus. It's Herod. You don't go up against Jesus and win. And anyway, why would you want to? Especially given the thing about Jesus that Herod doesn't understand. Because remember I said up front there's one thing he does get and there's another thing he doesn't get. The thing he gets is that Jesus is a king. The thing he doesn't get is the type of king that Jesus has come to be. Because Jesus has come with all this extraordinary power and authority that you would expect from God with us. But he's not here as a king to push us around and make life hard for us. He's come to serve us. We're actually told he's come to save us. Remember, that's what the angel told Joseph in our very first Bible reading. She, Mary, will give birth to a son and they will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That's what Dave had to remind Ralph about. Jesus is a king, but he's come to save people from their sins. Now, you may not have realised that you need saving from sin, but at the risk of offending you this morning, you do. It's not just you, it's me too. We all do. It's because none of us give God the attention he deserves. Instead, what we tend to do is basically ignore him. We go through each day doing our own thing, making our own plans, acting as if God's not even there. We're actually a little bit like Herod and we want to be the king of our own life. And that dismissive attitude towards God is what God calls sin. And because of it, we all deserve to be punished by him. And yet Joseph is told, give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Friends, this is truly remarkable. God is with us and he has every right to be with us so as to punish us, but he's with us to save us. This is the equivalent of being caught by the police for speeding over the Christmas holidays, but instead of being fined and losing double demerit points, you're actually forgiven and given a Christmas present instead. This is so not what we deserve. And yet Joseph is told, give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. It's amazing news. All the more amazing because of how it is that Jesus saves us. Because it's not simply by virtue of being born that he saves us. It's when he grows into a man that he saves us. That's what Matthew goes on to describe in the rest of his gospel. How when Jesus was a man, he saved us by being punished in our place. It happened when he was crucified on the cross. Because when that happened, Jesus was substituting himself for us. Paying our penalty for us, giving his life for his people. It's an astonishing thing that King Jesus came to do, but that's exactly what Herod doesn't understand. He doesn't see the salvation. All he sees is a threat to him being able to do what he wants to do. So he reacts with anger and he reacts with rejection. And it is a bizarre reaction to a king who's only here to help us. Friends, this morning, can I gently ask you, could you be a little bit like Herod? Don't get me wrong, not as ruthless as Herod, a lot nicer in the way you might express it, but does the thought of Jesus being your king and being able to tell you what to do, does that actually get you back up a bit? I don't know. Maybe you're even here this morning. 
uh, just out of a sense of tradition. Perhaps you're here to keep the other members of the family happy. Maybe you don't mind a bit of religion on a special day like today. Maybe you've been going to church pretty well every Sunday this year. But in the end, all this stuff about Jesus is just like water off a duck's back. You are not going to change what you do one little bit because of him. Well, just be really careful. As Herod discovered, there's only only ever one winner in a power struggle with God with us. But quite literally, there's a much wiser way to react to Jesus than that. You see it in the reaction, not of Herod, but of the wise men, the Magi. Because the way Matthew tells the story, pretty clearly he wants to contrast those two people. Because whereas Herod sees Jesus as a rival king, the Magi see Jesus as their rightful king. Whereas Herod goes to a lot of trouble to try and wipe Jesus out, the Magi go to a lot of trouble so as to find Jesus to worship him. Herod goes ballistic about Jesus. The wise men bow down to him. And you don't have to be Einstein to see which one Matthew thinks is the right reaction to have. (laughs) Don't do a Herod. Do a Magi. Seek Jesus out, gratefully accept his help and submit to him. He's not an inconvenient king. He's a wonderful king to have. I noticed this year down at the moor that they had a nativity scene in one of the aisles. little model of Jesus and Mary and Joseph. uh, The Magi were there as well in the glass case in the middle of the walkway. I was standing outside a shop looking at it and I couldn't help but notice that literally... No one else seemed to be aware of it. Everyone was rushing past it. No one really looked at it at all except maybe to step around it because it was in their way as they rushed to a shop to buy something. Meanwhile, up around the corner, little Santa's kingdom in the middle of the mall, heaps of people there, laughing, smiling, waving at Santa. Down at the nativity... Not a person. Now I get that that's not a fair comparison. One was just a static statue. The other was live people with photos being taken. But still, it's not a bad image of what goes on for a lot of us at Christmas time, is it? Lots of flash, flashing bright things to take our attention this time of year and so we end up rushing past Jesus virtually turning him into an inconvenience which is pretty tragic given what our Bible reading has told us this morning. Friends, we're here to celebrate that a king has been born and not just any king, a king who is God with us, a king who certainly has authority over us but who also loves us. He came to save us from our sins. Herod's mistake was to let his pride get in the way and so he set himself up against Jesus. But the more appropriate reaction to a king like this is to seek him out, accept his help, submit to him. It's what the wise men did. Wise people still do. I'll pray. Father, thank you for the coming of your son into this world so as to save us. 
Father, we don't deserve that, but we gratefully accept it. Father, thank you for loving us so much that despite our rudeness to you, yet you sent your own son so that when we submit to him and seek him out, we might find forgiveness. Father, we'd like to ask that you would help us remember that as we celebrate this wonderful day. Amen.